Welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble. Introducing first, fighting out of the neutral corner, the undisputed, undefeated, baddest boxing podcast on the planet. And now, your host. Eric Rambo. All right, guys, welcome back to the latest installment of the baddest boxing podcast on the planet, aka The King, a boxing podcast. So, once again, I'm your host, Eric Rambo. So, in today's episode, um, what we're going to be doing is kind of doing a best of. Uh, this is my subjective list of some of the best fights of 2018. Now, I know there's probably going to be some disagreement, but again, as I said, it is subjective. Uh, this is in my opinion, um, and I'll try to do the best that I can to explain why I think that maybe they're the best fights of 2018. And then we're also going to go into the um, the top five knockouts of what I believe are the top five knockouts of 2018. Uh, with that being said, uh, first and foremost, I hope you guys are having a great holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody out there. I hope you're enjoying this time. Uh, you know, with you, your families, your loved ones, significant others, whatever that may be, wherever you are at, uh, I hope you're enjoying it. And I hope you're looking forward to the new year as much as I am. And uh, let's get started. So, you know, looking back in 2018 and what this year meant for the boxing world, I think you have to admit that as, you know, I've kind of alluded to in previous episodes as well, you know, boxing is alive and well, and I think 2018, 2017 as well, helped provide that needed boost to the sport. And I think that it it allowed newer fans or maybe some fans that got away from boxing to be reeled back in again and, you know, kind of see boxing for what it is and see that natural raw talent that's out there um, across all weight divisions. And I think we definitely saw that this year again. Um, it's great for boxing. Um, it's great to reestablish, you know, boxing as a, you know, the premier combat sport out there. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it's nothing short of talent, no matter what division you, you like or follow, whether you, you like the sport as a whole, or you like specific fighters in specific divisions, um, you can't go wrong as far as the depth of talent that is out there right now. And I think, uh, you know, as a boxing fan, I'm grateful for it. I'm sure you guys are as well. So looking back on 2018, um, there's so many fights that as I was kind of coming up with this list and looking at, uh, there's so many fights that, that really deserve recognition. And this is just a, a snippet, if you will, of the best fights. And again, I'm going to probably list off, I am going to list off my top five fights again, subjective in nature, kind of how I see it. Um, but it doesn't go without saying that there has been, you know, phenomenal fights out there in 2018. So, with that being said, let's kick it off. And um, guys, I'm curious to know what you think as well. If you want to hit me up and give me your, you know, your top fights of 2018, definitely. Let's see if we're, uh, you know, we're kind of on the same mind frame with this. Um, but again, there's a lot out there, very subjective. Uh, we probably get varying results with this. 
Um, but that, yeah, definitely hit me up on either Twitter, or Instagram, send the show an email, send the podcast an email rather, and let me know what you think the top, top five fights are of 2018 or your top fight of 2018. But, uh, with that being said, here's my list. Let's get started. Okay. So going back, um, this fight right here may start off my list as a, uh, you know, people scratching their head as to why I decided to pick this fight. So number five on my list is Alexander Usyk versus Maris Bredis back in January of this year. This fight right here was a unification of the um, of the cruiserweight of two cruiserweight titles, the uh, WBO and WBC title. Um, WBC was held by Bredis, uh, WBO Usyk had. Now, why is this fight on this list? Uh, first and foremost, it was an entertaining fight, um, very good fight for two relative big men. Um, you know, putting their skills on the line. Now, there's more to this fight than just it being exciting and really why this goes on my list. We knew up until this point that Usyk was, you know, good. He had the pedigree. Um, you know, he he was rising up the ranks very quick. He won the WBO strap. Um, but again, the cruiserweight division, while the heavyweight division and the light heavyweight division have some pretty decent talent in them, the cruiserweight division didn't really have that deep of talent. I would say probably about a good solid four to five uh, top tier cruiserweight fights fighters, um, and Breedis was one of them, and is still one of them. Um, so for us, it was really a test to see how Usyk would do against a bigger man in the division, and you know what his if his skill set if he if he was real at that point. I think I think Breedis was a great test in a crossroad of Usyk to see where he would go from there. And, you know, he rose to the occasion. Um, great fight. I think British challenged Usyk. So if you're curious, if you're just getting on board with the Usyk train, if you will, and you haven't seen Usyk or you've seen Usyk fight recently, um, you know, whether it be his, his destruction of Gassiev or Balu, Bellu rather, um, you know, definitely take a look at the Breedis fight. If you want to see a guy, another fighter, give Usyk some challenges and make it difficult for Usyk, I think Breedis uh, is a good uh, a good way to see. And you could kind of see how Usyk was able to overcome that adversity. And you know, I think it helped grow, help him grow as a fighter. And he even came out and said that you know some of those rounds were some of the hardest he's ever fought. Um, so I think it definitely gives you know uh, that win. Gave Usyk a lot of a lot of credence, if you will, and, and allowed him to be, you know, the superstar that he's growing into be right now. Um, so that's my number five fight for the year. I think that definitely warranted, definitely an exciting, um, definitely uh, high volume fight. Uh, you know, Usyk's skills were on display. Bradis was a you know a warrior as well too. So definitely check it out. Um, worth it. Worth the time to watch it. And um, yeah, in my opinion, that kind of led the you know, it kind of was a growing fight, you know, a, excuse me, a fight that showed a lot of growth for Usyk. And I think it helped really cement that, okay, this guy, this fighter is for real. Um, let's see what he can do from here. Okay, so moving on, number four. A lot of fights prior to the fighters getting in the ring are built up by, you know, whether it be past experiences with each other or promoters causing, you know, uh, a lot of uh, drama leading up to the fight. And nothing was short of this year's fight with Triple G and Canelo. 
uh, their second fight to be obviously to be exact. Um, had a lot of buildup, a lot of animosity. Um, both camps had animosity towards each other. Um, it was really one of those fights that you could not wait to happen. Uh, you were you were just chomping at the bit, waiting for you know September to roll around to get these guys together and see you know is there truth to the Clem Buterol? Did Triple G you know is he going to fight his quote unquote you know big drama show Mexican style? Is is Canelo going to attempt to run? Is he going to come forward? And I think the sh- the fight was nothing short of of ecstatic, man. I mean it, it was it was phenomenal. If you know, while there's there's criticisms on both sides, um, you know, Triple G's fans say he won that fight. Canelo's fans say he won that fight. Um, if you take it away and really look at what these two did in the ring, and then if you couple that with the 24 rounds that these guys fought, um, you know, I mean, we're looking at, you know, modern a modern classic. I mean, you know, we don't really, you know, look back on the, you know, the Hagler Hearns, you know, the Leonards and, and, and say like, you know, those weren't classics. Like, I think we're, we're kind of slow to admit that modern fights are classics. And I think, I think that you have to look at this fight and say, wow, this was, you know, this was phenomenal. And if they do it again, possibly, um, you know, you, you could potentially have a phenomenal trilogy on your hands, something that, you know, you're going to remember later on down the road, like, man, that Triple G Canelo, that was a, that was a war. And, it, you know, it, it kind of sucks that, you know, a lot of outside influences kind of dictate the the build up to the fight and the post fight and everything like that. When we really take away from the, and it really takes away from the core of what happens inside that ring with these two warriors just going at each other. And, and, you know, you hate to settle on, you know, bickering, you know, oh, you know, you, you know, tainted me or, you know, whatever, all that, all that stupid stuff. It really takes away, you know, of course, yeah, I, I criticize Canelo and his team for that too as well. But when it comes down to it, what these guys did was really, you know, it was really the, 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 you know, the fine art of boxing. I mean, these guys went to war with each other for two fights, two epic fights. Um, but getting down to it, why do I, why do I put this down as number four? Obviously, I think it's a modern-day classic. Um, secondly, it shows, while again, you know, I feel that Triple G won the first fight, um, even though he didn't get the decision on the, on the cards. Um, I feel that this fight um, should have been the draw. I believe that Triple G came up, uh, came on later, later on in the fight and won enough rounds. I think he landed at a higher, he did land at a higher percentage. Um, but with that being said, the fact that Canelo um, adjusted his style and decided to move forward in this fight and was able to take everything Triple G and basically turned Triple G into a boxer, um, vice a, a puncher in this fight, I think that was significant enough to slightly give him the edge in the fight. Even though I, I still think it was enough to be a draw, um, I think that I think that Canelo, you know, trying to put myself in the mind of the judges, the fact that Canelo almost completely changed up his style from the first fight to this fight kind of showed that, you know, maybe he, he had the slight edge going in, um, and his ability to work the body, obviously we know that, you know, his, his, uh, his connect percentage to the body was pretty phenomenal where triple G didn't go to the body at all. Um, so that's where I think it's, you know, just a phenomenal fight, phenomenal fight to watch. Um, you know, again, something that two, three, four, five years down the road, you can look back and be like, man, that was a, 
That was phenomenal. And, and much credit to both of these guys for putting on a show, not once, but twice. And uh, two warriors, two modern-day warriors in their own right. And uh, they both deserve the utmost accolades for, for what they did, at least this year in the ring and last year as well. So moving forward, a another fight that is, uh, if you like, action-packed, um, just all-out war, man. Uh, my number three fight, uh, Miguel Burkelt versus uh, Mickey Roman. Um, this fight right here, uh, you know, Roman took, you know, he took a lot of abuse in this fight. And, uh, I mean, Burkett was just, he was just on display. I mean, he, he, <laughs> you know, he, I don't even think there was any real worry for defense in this fight, but he just, he just laid it on, uh, Roman in this fight. And I, I think that, you know, obviously, you know, Burkell, we knew he, he's he got the pedigree as well. Roman, he might be a little bit past it. Obviously, he might be a little past his prime right now. But the abuse that he took in that fight, I mean, he, he definitely took uh, – he, tr- he attempted to give it back. Um, but, again, just a phenomenal fight. If you want to see all-out, you know, offensive war, you know, while it be – albeit maybe one-sided, uh, Miguel Bur- Burkell versus uh, Mickey Roman was uh, definitely definitely up there. Definitely a classic as well for this year. I think you you would have to check it out. Um, But, yeah, great fight. Now, moving forward, number two. Um, Leo Santa Cruz, Abner Mars, too. Now, we talk about offensive output um, with Burkell and Roman, and it was more one-sided with Burkell. Abner Mars, Cruz, um, phenomenal. Just you know, all out, you know, all out action. And I think the significance be- behind this is there was some questions to Mara's coming in if he was still the same fighter he was when he fought the first time. And uh, obviously he proved that. Um, even though he took the L in this fight. Oh, and by the way, you know, Roman uh, obviously took the uh, lost TKO in the ninth round against uh, Burkelt. But phenomenal up to that point as far as the uh, the offensive output by Burkelt in that fight. Um but yeah, with with Mares, there was some questions if he was going to be the same fighter coming into this fight, and he proved obviously he, he he's proven that um, just a warrior. Uh, both of them, uh, Santa Cruz is a warrior too as well. Uh, looking forward to seeing them both in 2019. Um, would love to see these guys do it again. Um, I personally, um, you know, I think I think they're both high energy. Santa Cruz, I, I think he's he's phenomenal as well too. Um, but yeah, we'd love to see them do it again. Um, you know, possibly maybe, uh, you know, Warrington's in the future for these guys, even Frampton again. I mean, I know some people don't want to see Frampton and Santa Cruz again. I, I think personally that was, those were exciting fights. Um, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe, uh, Warrington Mares or Frampton Mares or something, something like that. Um, uh, but great fight guys. Again, another modern classic. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Okay, so moving forward, my number one fight for the year. This may get some. Uh, <laughs> this may get some uh, bad emails or bad messages. Uh, you know, depending on how you feel about this. Um, but don't worry, I got some honorable mentions. So just hear me out through this. Uh, I have to say, Wilder vs. Fury. Now, before you question my 
mentality with that. Uh, I think that this, let's be honest, the heavyweight division, um, as we've discussed before, you know, it's, it's craving excitement. Um, we have excitement now. Um, well, you know, the question may be out if they're the same quality tier of, of past greats. That's to be determined. Um, but again, they may all be, you know, they may all be at the same tier, if you will. So that's going to cause greatness within that tier. They may not be able to, you know, hang with the, you know, the Mike Tyson error or the Muhammad Ali error, Joe, Joe Frazier error, even, even further back. But for this error, they are, you know, pretty exciting. At least they bring, you know, excitement when they fight each other. Um, and this was a prime example of that. Uh, you know, there was a lot of questions out there regarding both of these guys. Um, and it, you know, the thing is, I would say this from an American perspective, um, especially, you know, with the history that we have with great American heavyweights, um, I think we crave the heavyweight division to be excited. We crave an American heavyweight to be exciting. Now I'm pretty sure the same thing can go, can be said across the, you know, across the world, you know, heavyweights when there's excitement, um, and heavy handed, you know, heavy punchers, it, it brings a level of attention and curiosity to boxing, I think more so than the other divisions because of the, the impact, the size, you know, the aggression. So when you have an exciting heavyweight fight like this, it does a lot for boxing as a whole. Um, and then, you know, especially when you have, I would say, you know, obviously the premier heavyweights in the world right now, you know, are, you know, give, give Wilder credit where credit's due. You know, on, you know, we have an American heavyweight champion and then obviously over in England. So I think the biggest thing with this fight is the significance behind it. Not necessarily whether you're a fan of Fury and Wilder. Got it. You know, there, there's people that still are going to question, you know, their, you know, their pedigree, their resume, whatever. Um, but the fact that these two getting in the ring and the style that they brought to the ring in the dramatic fashion that which in which this fight, you know, basically played out, um, you know, you had a heavy handed, you know, uh, Deontay Wilder versus a technician, Tyson Fury. Um, and, you know, the the biggest thing was the, the drama that this fight, you know, created. I mean, the fact that, you know, Tyson Fury was knocked down and, and virtually knocked out for a split second and his ability to get up and continue fighting just added a tremendous dynamic to this fight. And what this now brings to the heavyweight division, I, I think it it brings credibility to both of these guys. And I think it, it allows, once again, the heavyweight division to be relative, at least, at least until 2019. We'll see what happens with both of these guys, and we'll see what happens to the heavyweight division. Obviously, we know we got, you know, multiple, uh, you know, caliber talent out there in the heavyweight division, caliber fighters out there. Um, but, you know, I think this fight was needed by both of these guys, especially after, you know, Wilder's destruction of Luis Ortiz. Um, you know, even still, there was questions uh, regarding his, you know, if he if he is, you know, ready to step up to be one of the dominant fighters. You know, Fury with his layoff and him fighting, you know, subpar competition up into this fight. And again, for him with that to be coming into the ring to fighting a, a guy that's, you know, in relative, you know, he's in good shape. He was ready for this fight. 
Um, both these guys together put on an excellent show, and I think it was great for boxing. I think it's great for the heavyweight division, and it's great for us, the fans. Um, yeah, so that's my number one fight for the year. Um, again, not necessarily – actually, it was action-packed. It was action-packed. It was exciting. It, it brought a lot of uh, emotions to the ring. Um, and I think a lot of people tuned in to watch that fight. So definitely significant for boxing, um, definitely significant for the heavyweight division. So that's my top five fights for 2018. Um, I probably could have made this a top 10 list, but I think that these top five fights really, or these fights, in my opinion, are, are definitely significant. So let me go through and go through my honorable mention fights here real quick. Um, definitely... Lara versus Hurd. Um, I think that this fight once again proved that Lara is a very difficult nut to crack. Um, Hurd had a difficult time to a certain extent. Um, as we know, Lara is not exactly, you know, a, a fighter that can be dominated in the ring, which we saw against Canelo as well. Um, a fight that I previously mentioned, um, Wilder versus Ortiz, which we may have to talk about this in the uh, next part of the episode as well. Um, Frampton Warrington, um, again, high output, both those guys, they, uh, you know, they come to fight, uh, definitely worth checking out Dylan, Dillian White and Joseph Parker. I personally love this fight. Um, I think both of these guys are, you know, phenomenal. I think Dillian White, definitely the edge is going to him right now. Uh, which we'll talk about his last fight in, uh, the, uh, top five knockouts. Um, but yeah, I think Dillian White is definitely on a, a collision course for a real heavyweight title. Joseph Parker, phenomenal in his own right. I think a great technician in the heavyweight division, a great boxer, good power, um, great fight. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely worth it. If you're, again, still kind of suspect of the heavyweight division, this kind of goes into those, you know, fringe championship tiers right there. And, you know, that's not taking anything away from Parker, who was a champion, um, but this kind of once you get past the top three, you know the top three chant, you know the, the the premier heavyweights. You definitely got Dillian White. You definitely got Joseph Parker. You know, just right there in the fringe, ready to to jump in and uh, take over if these uh, these champions slip up a little bit. Um, that would say my last fight for um, a top fight for twenty eighteen. Uh, Lomachenko Linares, uh, I, I think it was phenomenal. I think, uh, Lomachenko overcame adversity. He overcame the, um, the hurdle of Linares' size and weight and, uh, just phenomenal fight as well. Uh, if you know now that like, you know, what we know now that, that Lomachenko's shoulder was, was basically, <laughs> you know, not working that entire fight, you know, after like the second round or first round, um, you know, it really brings, a lot more significant to that fight and what he was able to do against uh, Linares. And Linares was bringing in that fight as well. Uh, so definitely, definitely exciting fights, guys. Um, 2018 was filled with uh, phenomenal fights. So once again, as, as a boxing fan doing this podcast, um, you know, nothing short of something outstanding to watch. It seems like there was a great fight on, like, at least, at least once a month. We had, uh, you know, potential fights that were just phenomenal. And, uh, hopefully you guys got to enjoy it. Hopefully some of the fights that you thought were great in 2018 appeared on my list. Obviously not all inclusive. Um, very subjective, just 
kind of gives you an idea of what I look at when I watch these fights and how exciting they are, you know, what excites me when I watch these fights. Um, so yeah, I'd be curious again to know what your, your guys' ideas, you know, what, what fights were, you know, exciting to you for 2018. Definitely hit me up. Let me know. Um, you know, and, uh, if you want to go even deeper, let me know what you think your top five fights were. So much like we talked about, you know, 2018 proved to be a great year for fights in general but also proved to be a great year for knockouts. There were some devastating ones out there. Um, So again, not all-inclusive, very subjective. These are some of my top five knockouts. Number five, uh, I would have to say uh, David Lemieux versus Spike O'Sullivan. Phenomenal knockout, a lot of animosity. Um, If you guys remember the (laughs) pre-fight, O'Sullivan was talking a lot of smack and uh, while he had been building up, uh, you know, his resume and knocking knocking people out, getting some exposure on on uh, you know major media, he uh, he decided to take on a pure puncher and David Lemieux, and uh, decided to build it up by by probably pissing Lemieux off. And uh, Lemieux, you know, nothing short of exemplary, came in there and just basically knocked him uh, knocked him cold. Uh, great fight, worth the uh, worth the few minutes of your time to watch if you haven't seen it yet. And once again, David Lemieux, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't fail to excite. You know, at least when he's given the opportunity to fight a, uh, an opponent that doesn't give him too much of problems. Uh, when he lays when he lays hands on you, he could put you out, and he proved that with O'Sullivan, just like he did with uh, Curtis Stevens, uh, you know, in seventeen as well. Um, so moving forward. Um, I would say my number four knockout was Dillian White versus uh, Derek Chisora too. Uh, great fight, back and forth action. I think uh, White had basically controlled that fight uh, for the most part. Chisora was definitely holding his own. Um, it was, I, I would say that you know definitely White was winning that fight, uh, but for him to be able to pull out, uh, you know, the power that he did so late in the fight and just put uh, Chisora down the way how he did. A phenomenal, nice knockout, definitely clean. Um, I would say that the other fight that um, White had this year against Lucas Brown should be on here as well. But I took it off because the, in all honesty, I think the caliber of Lucas Brown uh, probably wasn't worth the hype that um, he was giving up until that point. No disrespect to Brown. Um, you know, I guess he is a warrior in his own right, but I just don't think that he's at the same caliber of, uh, you know, some of the premier heavyweights right now. Uh, moving forward. So that was number five. Number four. Number three. I would have to say Alberto Machado versus Yundale Evans. Uh, Machado put on a offensive onslaught against Evans, uh, completely outclassed, uh, you know, complete dominance, and just the fashion that Machado was able to break him down and just destroy him. Um, I have to give him some, some credit on that. Uh, phenomenal. If you haven't seen that, if you haven't seen Machado yet, definitely check him out. Uh, definitely special. I think we'll be curious to see him fighting more and more caliber uh, opponents, which I think we'll probably see next year. But uh, if you haven't seen that fight, definitely check it out. Um, number two. Now I was kind of ta- This was kind of a toss up for me between this and my number one. Um, I gave the number, well, let me go over this first, uh, in a way versus Juan Carlos Payano. Um, 
you know, in ways, uh, a monster, as you know. Um, and for him to do what he did against, you know, go to the body against Piano, put Piano down, who's never been down, never been stopped in his career, uh, to do so in the first round with a devastating body shot, uh, definitely phenomenal. Uh, definitely an exciting, uh, you know, exciting fight and an exciting fighter to watch. And I think the future is very bright, as we know, for in a way. I think he's, uh, he's, you know, as I said, as I said before, he's not called the monster for nothing. He's, uh, he's, he's for real. Um, let's see what he can do. Uh, moving forward. Okay. So for this, is my number one knockout for just pure devastation. Um, and it was recent too. uh, Teofimo Lopez versus Mason Menard. If you guys have not seen his knockout, uh, you know, definitely check it out. It's worth the, uh, I think it was like 30 seconds in the first round. Uh, if you ever seen a fighter get knocked out in mid-fall, uh, you know, he's knocked out before he hits the deck. Uh, that's that's Mason Menard. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, if you like those flash power knockdowns, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. And, you know, Lopez, while he may be a contender, he's not as well-known as some of the other guys on this list. Um, you know, there's definitely some potential there. I'm not going to say Mason Menard was a, a world beater or anything like that, but he, uh, you know, he's probably that type of caliber that Lopez needs to be fighting right now. But I'm pretty sure we'll see Lopez step up and fight some, you know, uh, more intense competition from this part, uh, from this point on. Let's see if what 2019 brings Lopez. Okay, guys, so there's my top five knockouts for 2018. If you hadn't seen them, definitely check them out. Uh, but like I did with the uh, top fights for 2018, um, let's, uh, let's do some honorable mention. First and foremost... Uh, Ortiz versus Wilder. Uh, again, Wilder getting some getting some love on this list as well. Uh, this fight was very um, very competitive. I thought that Ortiz was winning this fight to a certain extent. Um, and again, for Wilder to pull out you know the power that he did so late in the fight and you know stop Ortiz, who's a warrior um, in such devastating fashion, I think you definitely have to give uh, Wilder some credit. Next up, I would have to say Kovalev versus Alvarez. Uh, Alvarez, you know, we've, we've talked about it before. The light heavyweight division has a lot of talent right now. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I think a lot of questions were asked as far as, uh, you know, Kovalev Ward and if he was still the same dominant fighter he was. And I think the questions now continue with how Alvarez dominated Kovalev. Um, and the fact that they're doing this again, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't know if we can expect, uh, you know, a different result, you know, maybe not the, you know, devastating fashion possibly. Um, but I'm not sure if Alvarez is the, you know, the right opponent for Kovalev at this point, uh, just based off the sheer, you know, uh, dominance in the later part of the fight, you know, uh, that Alvarez put on Kovalev. Uh, but again, the fight ended in devastating fashion. Um, you know, again, Kovalev wasn't knocked out cold. However, you know, he was definitely, uh, definitely outclassed and probably, probably out on his feet for the most part. Um, but definitely couldn't continue and, um, be interesting to see Kovalev Alvarez too in 2019. Um, Moving forward, another fight that I liked, um, Triple G Matarosian. Um, Triple G broke down Matarosian. Um, you know, obviously it was no danger for Triple G. Uh, Triple G put it on him and uh, he was able to, to break him down and uh, 
you knock him out and he ended up stopping the fight. So good fight. Um, moving forward, uh, Pavetkin versus David Price. Um, this was the fight that got Pavetkin. Actually, both of these guys were in line, in line to fight Joshua. Uh, Pavetkin, um, you know, took on a bigger fighter. Uh, David Price, a very tall fighter, very big fighter. Um, definitely had some... I think he was getting a lot of uh, publicity up until that point. Um, he was getting some recognition. And I think it was safe to assume that I think people thought that he may be able to give Pavekin a hard time. And, and again, and he did to a certain aspect in that fight. But Pavekin was able to, you know, obviously we saw, even in Pavekin's older age, uh, we saw against Joshua, his ability to crack is still there. And he proved it against Price in a very, very nice knockdown. Uh, very nice way to finish the fight as well. If you guys haven't seen that fight, um, another favorite of mine for this year. Um, and I think this, <laughs> you know, definitely this, this probably caused a halt to Brandon Rios's career, but, uh, Danny Garcia versus Brandon Rios, um, devastating knockout. Um, again, I think, uh, you know, Danny Garcia is a very well polished boxer, um, and Rios maybe, you know, was kind of getting outclassed in that fight and was clipped and, uh, you know, couldn't continue very, uh, you know, very nice knockout, definitely, uh, one of the top knockouts. I would say I, I was close to putting this in my top five, but, uh, I think the other ones kind of were more devastating in fashion, I think, and more impactful unboxing with the exception of the Lopez Menard fight. I think it's just pure devastation. That's why I gave it the number one slot. Say my last honorable mention fight was, uh, excuse me, honorable mention knockout was, uh, when Morat Gassiev stopped Unier Dordicos on the 12th round of their cruiserweight, uh, unification fight. And this was the fight that led to, uh, you know, Gassiev fighting, uh, Yusik. Um, yeah, phenomenal fight up until that point. Um, both of them showing just tremendous, uh, you know, this, this fight actually up and if it wasn't for the knockout would probably be considered one of the top fights and probably should still be considered one of the top fights of 2018. Uh, both of them, I, I, I think that, you know, while Gassiev, Definitely outclassed Dordicos. Uh, now, mind you, both these guys were undefeated uh, when they came into this fight. Um, definitely considered, you know, pretty decent, especially Gassiev. I think Gassiev was definitely the favorite in this fight. But uh, Dordicos was no no slouch, and he proved that with a, up until the 12th round. I mean, an iron chin. I mean, he was taking, um, you know, he was taking some punishment. I think he was able to definitely, you know... Uh, Corral Dordicos and, and basically own the ring. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, phenomenal fight. But with, you know, I think this goes to show you that even if you have a solid chin, the accumulation of just monster shots that Gassiev was putting on him eventually clipped him and, uh, you know, it was over at that point. Uh, great fight, though. Uh, you know, Gassiev, again, went on to have a very difficult fight with uh, Usyk and, you know, definitely added credibility because up until that Usyk fight, you know, Gassiev was known as a heavy-handed uh, cruiserweight for sure. Um, so it definitely gave, you know, credibility to uh, Usyk's win over Gassiev. But definitely check it out. Um, door to goes versus Gassiev. Uh, at least check out the final round. Uh, phenomenal. Phenomenal fight. Now, the last fight 
um, that I will mention as far as my honorable mention list goes. Um, this really should have been on probably the top, I would say the top five. Um, not necessarily for the flash knockdown, but maybe for the accumulation. But I kept it off just for the, the simple fact that, you know, it is kind of tragic what ended up happening with uh, Botzik versus Stevenson, um, where Stevenson um, you know, definitely had, uh, you know, unfortunately had some, you know, is, ha- is still having some a rough go from that fight. Um, as of today, I think he is out of, you know, out of a coma. I think he still may be in the hospital right now. Uh, recovering from that fight, but, um, you know, phenomenal fashion, how that fight played out. Um, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, I don't want to detract from what Vodzik did. I'm sure he has a lot on his shoulders, you know, what, what happened to Stevenson in that fight. No fighter, you know, ever wants to do, you know, even if there's bad blood, which I don't think there was any bad blood in this fight. Um, you don't really want to see another fighter, you know, end up like, you know, uh, ho- hopefully not ending up like how Stevenson did. Um, but, you know, it, it is unfortunate what happened. But still, not to detract away from what Vlacic did in the ring that night. Definitely worth it um, if you kind of could put away. Definitely worth it to watch if you could put away what you now know about Stevenson. Um, you know, in the aftermath. Uh, you know, definitely uh, definitely a, a knockout to see. Um, but, yeah, again, unfortunate what happened with Stevenson. And, uh, you know, obviously we wish him the, the, the best recovery and the quickest recovery possible and full recovery is probably the best you know obviously nobody wants to see you know the outcome of uh like nigel ben uh, mcclellan for example and and seeing the you know how mcclellan is uh now you know uh post that fight unfortunately and hopefully that won't be the case for stevenson uh you know hopefully he, he recovers well in 2019 and um you know gets to move on with his life in full capacity but, all right, guys, so there's my top fights for 2018. There's my top knockouts of 2018. Um, first and well, finally, I just want to say this. You know, um, thank you for taking this journey with me in 2018. Thank you for, uh, you know, listening to this podcast in, uh, in 2018. And I look forward to the uh, second season of the podcast in 2019. And, um, yeah, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Again, this is just... You know, a quick snapshot of what I think are the uh, the best fights and the best knockouts of 2018. Um, if you feel differently, as always, I'm just curious to to get your get your guys' ideas, um, get your thoughts on this as well. Feel free. Go ahead, send me an email. You know, baddestboxingpodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are on this. And I'll tell you what: if you send me your listing of your top five fights, your top five knockouts. Uh, whether it be to any of those uh, social media forums. Matter of fact, you can find my email on both my Twitter and Instagram pages. Um, Yeah, I might have a special prize for you guys. And, uh, yeah, let me know what you think. And, uh, again, as always, guys, if you like the show, uh, please feel free to leave me a review on on on, uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcast fixed from. Obviously, positive reviews, negative reviews, you know, it definitely helps. It helps build this into a better product. but obviously, the more positive reviews we get, the more exposure the podcast gets, and it uh, just looks good for everybody. Um, but again, if you have any questions, concerns, don't hesitate to hit us up on any one of the social media formats um, or via email. Again, baddestboxingpodcast at gmail.com. 
Once again, guys, I hope you enjoyed 2018. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast for 2018. For those of you that have continued listening, thank you so much. Greatly appreciated. Um, I look forward to doing this in 2019 as we begin our season two. Um, Definitely hit the show up. Uh, If you got any ideas that you want to talk about in 2019, don't hesitate. I want to make this as interactive as I can for the listeners and also help keep me engaged to talk about something that you guys want to hear. Once again, I hope that you had a great 2018. I hope that you had a great holiday. I hope that you will have a great New Year's. Uh, Be safe. And I look forward to talking to you about boxing in 2019. Guys, take care. Thanks for listening to the baddest boxing podcast on the planet. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter for future episodes and updates.